Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number 12, where Jeremy talks to Ryan Horn from the Vintner's Vault, who will be opening a location in High, Texas. As you may have determined, the Texas Wine Lover Podcast is not on a regular schedule, because so far it has been remote podcasting, which means we travel to places and talk to people to do a podcast. The majority of podcasts have a home setup and can usually do a regular schedule. Your best bet to ensure you do not miss an episode is to either subscribe with your email on our website, where you'll be notified of every blog post, including podcast episodes, or subscribe to iTunes or Stitcher. The information to do that is on every podcast post page, including this latest, which you can find at texaswinelover.com slash 012. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Jeremy Wilson with another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Ryan Horn um, with Vendor's Vault in Paso Robles, California. And uh, we have some pretty exciting things coming because they are moving and actually building a location here in High, Texas. Uh, obviously, it kind of shows a lot about the growth and uh, the dynamic that's going on in Central Texas with the wine industry. Um, so, Ryan, thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, welcome. Welcome to Texas. Thanks. Glad to be here. Um, it's been a kind of exciting uh, move for us to get over to the Texas area. We've been working with a number of wineries in the area for, for years. Um, we started with some wineries down in the south of Texas and then and then did per, uh, some production equipment and full winery startups for uh, what was San Saba Winery, now called Wedding Oaks, um, Hillme Winery, Williams Chris, High Meadows, uh, and a number of other people around the area. And so it got us really interested in the, in the Texas area. And, uh, you know, being a, a nationally distributed company, it's a, a really a nice central location for us to be here in Texas. So what we've done is, uh, we put in a 12,000 square foot building, uh, right in the, in the middle of high, which really feels like the heart of the Hill Country winery area. And, uh, you know, we're putting a fairly large inventory in there. We've been, been working to get that open now for, a number of months, uh, bringing in a lot of our import products and inventory, and um, I think the, the the Texas region will benefit from it a lot because we'll do a lot of our national distribution out of that store. So our inventory level will be pretty high there, um, and uh, you know we're we're really excited to be here. The people have really received us well. They seem excited to have us. Um, this will be our our third location that we've developed over the years. Uh, we started with Paso Robles, which is our headquarters, and then uh, did our first satellite store in Temecula, California. And uh, being here in the Texas area is really exciting for us to move um, some of our imports through Houston as opposed to through some of the California ports. And it should make us a little more competitive um, and, you know, a little more aggressive as an equipment supplier. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about why you chose <clears throat> to actually come to Texas uh, that's a good question, actually. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say that really the people are what drove us uh, to come to Texas. I like the area. Uh, I grew up in a, a pretty small town. You say California, people consider that you you live in this big area. Um, but I, you know, Paso Robles is a pretty small town, and I even live, you know, on the outskirts of that little place called Heritage Ranch. Uh, very small community. And I really get that sense of community vibe in, in Texas, in, in most areas, especially around Hill Country. So for me, that was exciting. Uh, and then in the development of, of setting up wineries in the area, a few that I've aforementioned here, um, you know, just it was a great feel for us. 
The people were excited to have us. We were really well received. Um, and so it got us excited. And that excitement is, uh, I guess, just kind of turned into what it is with our, our new facility opening up here. And, uh, you know, I've, I've even brought my family over on a number of occasions and, and, you know, they love the area as well. I'm not saying that I get to move uh, to Texas anytime soon due to my rooted nature in California, but I really do enjoy spending time here and I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are recognizing the, the beauty of the hill country in Central Texas, not only for just being outdoors, but you know, the wines are, are great now. And I guess a few similarities to Paso, right? Hot climate overall. Um, you guys get probably a little more diurnal shift than we do here in Central Texas, but kind of a... Yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of the, the difference from a, a wine standpoint is, you know, some of the challenges in Texas, it seems to me, are, are shorter growing seasons. And people have really been doing a great job since I've been coming here, um, which has been, which has been about, uh, four or five years since we've been, uh, installing equipment in the area. Uh, that's probably the reason we've seen that major, uh, major increase in quality since we've been coming here putting our equipment in. So, <laughs> throw, throw a little pun in there. That's but, the real uh, reason. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Texas has been, uh, we've seen a lot of people, uh, we've seen a lot of increased education and, and some increased, uh, wines. You know, I even, I've even noticed spending time up in, uh, the largest equipment show in, in California's Unified Wine and Grape Symposium. And, uh, Texas was getting a lot of attention there this year, more than I've seen, especially from the, the Northern California, Napa Valley, Sonoma area. Uh, the Texas name was coming out quite a bit. So it's exciting to see the recognition. And, and that's just another reason that, you know, we're, we're excited to be a part of that growth. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, and it would be kind of, I guess, rude not to mention what we owe to California for everything. I mean, obviously, you know, not just Napa and Sonoma, but Pass has been doing this for quite a while. And, you know, a lot of things you guys have gone through with growing pains over the decades, learning what works in certain areas in California. We're learning from that, obviously, and we can take that and, and do other good things in, in Texas. And, um, and it's exciting to see interest from people in California, whether it's a business or winemakers. We have winemakers literally leaving, you know, Napa and coming out to make wine in Texas. And that kind of says something about what we're doing out here. It's kind of exciting for really both parties to me. Um, but kind of moving on, so it's not just about vendor's fault. There's some other aspects to what you guys do, including Custom Crush. You guys have a winery and your own wine label. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I mean, the development of Vintner Vault came, uh, if I'll give you a quick brief history, but I was a winemaker uh, for a number of years. I was assistant winemaker out of Justin Winery and, and fell in love with it and had the chance to travel and do some winemaking study around the world, but, but grew up as a gearhead, um, you know, and that's what the kind of Vintner Vault was born under was I was always the equipment repair fix-it guy. Um, and so I needed a local place that didn't exist at the time, and that's where the idea was born. So Vintner's Vault was kind of created that way, and after you know starting the company, it was only about a year into it that I knew my passion for winemaking had to continue. So despite the fact that I was just doing equipment, I still wanted to use my equipment. I wanted to get in the middle of the winemaking. I wanted that sense of art that I feel winemaking is, that kind of no rules, um, experimental, have fun with the, with, with this type of what I call an art for that reason. And so uh, in Vino Verde's Custom Crush was born, which is my Custom Crush facility, which is kind of an extension of Vintner's Vault. Uh, but the most exciting thing about it is as an extension, it's, it's sort of our extended showroom, but it gives us the opportunity to to beat up our equipment, to understand our equipment, to know what works, what doesn't, 
Um, and, uh, you know, that, that really gives us an advantage when a client has an issue or a problem or we're setting up equipment that we really have the ability to, to, you know, explain to them its operation. And it also gives us a chance to find out whether or not we want to distribute that type of equipment, whether it holds up to what we put it through as a custom crush with, with multiple clients and multiple production going on. But that business led, and this is where I get into sort of the serial entrepreneur side of myself. Um, that business led to what now we're excited to bring to Texas, which is one of our California wine labels uh, called Wasted Youth. And uh, Jason's here. Jason Judy's here. He's our uh, one of our lead guys, a sommelier, and also uh, the lead sales guy for Wasted Youth, sort of a partner in that, that side of the business. And it seems to be pretty well received uh, in the Austin area. You've been here for a few days. I've been here for a few days, and uh, I'm having a hard time thinking about getting back home. <laughs> it's uh, it's been really well received. Austin seems to be a, a fantastic market for us, and you know we're not a, a huge winery, but we're definitely looking at it now. We've got to make sure we've got uh, some wine saved to bring out here. There's a lot of places we've seen downtown that. You know, you know, it received us with open arms and the, all the places with live music. Our brand has a certain amount of, of edge to it. Uh, you know, we've got some fun labels and, uh, and it, I'm sure that you, you'll see that line out there soon. There's a lot of places downtown that are really excited about it and, and we're really excited to bring the wine out here. It's just another piece of what we do, really, um, you know, keeping in that passion, that art form. And there's a real potential, uh, probably more than, than just a potential, I should say now, but, if you've seen the building uh, where Vintner Vault is, which should be open, um, we were shooting for the end of March here. Uh, latest date will be second week of, week of April, but uh, with with any success, we'll we'll have it open by the end of March. And then next to that will be the Texas Winery that we intend on uh, opening up with some potential custom crush opportunities in there. Uh, that's the next building you'll see going up on that property. Exciting things to come for sure. Excited to have you guys come out. And uh, kind of talking about Wasted Youth a little bit more. Uh, so we had the opportunity to try several of those wines last night, and uh, I was pretty impressed. Clean wines, solid, you know, complex, layered, uh, everything you look for, nice, healthy fruit, and some really fun blends. Yeah. <laughs> you don't always see a Pinot Noir and Primitivo in the same blend. Uh, kind of, you know, kind of, you know, when you talk about what you guys have done with that eclectic entrepreneurship and, you know, just having fun. You mentioned kind of that freestyle, free living thing. When you have fun blends like that, it's endless. That's what winemaking is about. You know, it's you know, wine is made of the vineyard, but the blending and the cellar work is where all that dynamic comes into play to really layer that wine up to make it something enjoyable. Yeah. When, makes you, it when you've got a guy in Ryan that knows how to make great wine and has the equipment to make great wine, and you've got a wine geek like me that's worked with food and has worked in hospitality and has, has run, you know, wine lists. And I've always kind of thought like, you know, really, what would you do different, you know, if you were doing it yourself? And that's really what Wasted Youth is about is what would you do different? So, I mean, when Ryan and I first sat down and started working on the project, you know, I'd, I'd scurry off and just completely geek out, you know, down in the winery and in the lab and would come back up, you know, like two hours later and be like, check this out. Run back down and come back up four hours later. Check this out. You know, and be like, ah, oh, you know, this one or that. And then, so it, it's been a great experience for me coming from that world of a sommelier where all I did was sit and judge wines and now getting on the other side of putting wines together and trying to make sure they match your palate right. And we shared a meal last night and you can see in that there's, those wines really are built around finesse so that they're enjoyable and, you know, really, uh, fun wines. 
and then more, you know, when you look at the label wines that are not trying to take it so seriously, we're trying to make wine something that is a daily beverage. You know, Wasted Youth is one of those wines that it's, like we like to say, why, why wine on Wednesday? It's Wasted Youth. Why Wasted Youth? Because it's Wednesday. I mean, you know, any other day of the week, we want to be a, a wine that, uh, you know, you can just stop and enjoy just because you, you feel like relaxed and having a time or something that can sit down. And if you are having it with a meal, like the, the great meal I had last night over, over there, uh, that it, it'll stand its own against great cuisine. And so that it, it definitely is a nice partnership with that, that, you know, Brian knows how to make perfect clean wine. And I've got this weird eccentric thing that I want to try and, you know, like I think at one point when I came back up and I was like, I think I want to put some Pinot Noir in the, in the Zinfandel. <laughs> well, you've got, a, you've got a great value as a, especially as a sommelier and really changing up the palate. You know, I've been making wine for a number of years, but it's unfortunate, but true. You can tend to get a house palate when you make so many wines over and over. So getting Jason's, his palate in there and, and trying new blends and, and, you know, tasting through and contradicting some of the ideas I have really helps the brand grow and, and makes for great wines and, and it keeps it fun. I mean, you know, we, we love what we do and we want to keep it fun. It's, you know, I think, uh, in my, in my place here in Texas that my wife and I picked up, she's hung a, a sign there that I love and it says happiness and it has a definition under, underneath it and it just says liking what you do. Well said. Very well said. We should all be so lucky, right? So, you know, we're all very fortunate to be in this industry because I think most of us are pretty passionate about what we do. Uh, well, that's cool, though. Yeah, after tasting those wines and seeing the labels, you guys will fit right in with the Austin crowd. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, but also that you're providing something unique instead of, you know, we won't name any names, but instead of going by a wine in the same price range that may be subpar, you get a great wine at a Paso made by people that really care about it for also a good price to make it that daily wine. And I told Jason last night, I'm like, dude, this is not a, a basic Wednesday wine. This is like a Friday, Saturday night wine. And I really dug them. They're, they're really cool. They're eclectic. They're fun. And, and I'm one of those guys that really likes a, a burst of flavor on the palate, not just fruit forward, but complex in layers. And all of those wines have them, which is kind of cool. So, Well, and, you know, we're, we're fortunate because we own a custom crust facility. That's really why the pricing is where it is. Um, essentially, I won't say in all aspects, but in a lot of levels, we sort of have a free winery. Uh, you know, it's paid for a lot by the people that do production there. And that's really the reason we're a lot, you know, we're, we're able to put that quality on that price point. It's working out. Yeah, it's yeah, exciting it's for us. Cool. Uh, so anything else you guys would like to tell the listeners before we kind of wrap it up here? Uh, you know, come by, see Vendors Vault, now that you got a little bit of understanding of what we do. And uh, you don't just have to talk equipment over there. You can talk wines with us. It's what we do. It's what we love. So. Yeah, if anybody uh, is a Twitter fan, you can go to uh, you know at Wasted Youth Winery and tell us what you would do different too. All right, and uh, if I may say so, another great addition to to High Texas. So we're we're proud to have you guys come into play. So until next time, guys, thank you for listening to uh, to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast, and cheers. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TXWineLover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Thank you.